Hey, we're so excited to be with you today. We have a special guest and dear friend, Cindy Zane, EFT trainer from Hawaii. We'll be talking about several topics, cultural fluency and uh, the general flow of EFT. Welcome to the Leading Edge in Emotionally Focused Therapy with your hosts, Dr. James Hawkins and Dr. Ryan Reyna. EFT is a dynamic model that humbles even the most seasoned therapists. Together, we want to come alongside you as you continually push the leading edge of your understanding and application of this wonderful model developed by Dr. Sue Johnson. Yeah, Cindy, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you here on so many levels. One, um, definitely respect you as a colleague and as a professional in the insight that you bring into the EFT process and your skill. But more, I'm more excited about like the human that I got to meet, you know, in working with Cindy. You are, you know, there's sometimes some people say, wow, man, it's great that this person's walking the earth. Like the world is a better place because they're walking the earth. And Cindy, you are one of those people for sure. I agree completely. Well said. Yeah. Cindy, Zane, you're one of the most high quality character, maybe the most high quality character of EFT trainers. I've seen you walk through difficult and contentious mm -hmm. spaces with with grace and uh, elegance and and wisdom so it's just our honor to have you today cindy welcome oh it's i am so excited to be here just to be in the space connecting uh with both of you you know connecting hawaii with arkansas um and from where each of you has come from in your lives and the three of us i mean getting to be in the space. Uh, it's a cherished and rare opportunity. Uh, and more so that, you know, we have this common mission of sharing EFT uh, as far as we can. Yeah. So and I feel a little awkward uh, the way you folks are talking about me because I just like being human and being mm. with you folks, getting to know each of you and people that I get to work with, um, mm. that's a special thing and that we get to be entrusted with also having a clinical EFT focus mm -hmm. as we journey alongside with them for the time we are privileged to journey alongside with them. Uh, and then they to talk about it with, with others, like mm. the two of you and us learning and connection. Uh, that's a, that's a truly rare and special opportunity. So thank you. Mm. Which you, you, your words right there just prove our point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on. And you, I mean, you broke it down to the essence of what it means. Just like you said, I just like to enjoy getting to be with people. Yeah, that says a lot. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Cindy, I think um, you know I've gotten to train with Cindy out in Vegas and gotten to, to really hear her and see her. So there's a couple of passions I know are on her heart. You know, I know she's doing some work and thinking about you know supervision. And helping people get better there um but also cindy i think you've done a really great job on like the cultural piece and cultural attunement and welcome welcoming cultural experience into the room which probably just ties into what you just said about i just like being with people and you want to when you when cindy says that i want to be with people i want to be with you as who you are not just how i want to see you i want to be curious i want to know you and uh, in Vegas, you did something that really blew my mind. You know, I like clarity. I like things like I like when things are lined out. And so we were teaching. Um, we were in uh, Core Skills One, and we were going over assessment piece. 
And assessment can feel usually it's like, oh, let me sometimes I'm fine. It's like, let's get through this information. You know, it's, it's kind of just informational. And then Cindy did this piece on cultural assessment. I'm like, whoa, hold on. Stop the press. Something different happened there. And so I just want to build on that, like your your layers of cultural assessment, Cindy. I've kind of uh, tried to mention it here. So I don't know. I want to give you room to really do it. It's beautiful justice that it deserves about those layers of cultural assessment. I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited to hear about it because I just left supervision this morning and the supervisee was like hearing that story that you all shared about Cindy's cultural assessment has really helped my work. So here you go. Oh, yes. You know, and I, I've been, I've had the pleasure to train with Cindy in Hawaii uh, several se- several times, maybe three or four. In Hawaii. In Hawaii. It was a hard life. You know, it's tough. Someone's got to do it. But, but you know, whether you, whether you want to or not, I know that we want to. But even if you didn't, in places like Hawaii, there is so much cross-cultural things happening. There's multiple cultures crossing back. And, and I love how Hawaii holds that in such high regard. Mm. You know, it's not just a difference we carry. It's a difference that we exhibit, which is really cool to see. So anyway, I'll turn it over to you, Cindy, as you share no. more about, yeah. That was yeah, a good line right there, right? It's not What's just it? a difference we carry. It's a difference we exhibit yeah. anyway. Yeah. No, I appreciate, Ryan, because that's sort of, you know, as we zoom out to who are we as clinicians first and foremost, mm. you're touching on it. Like in Hawaii, you know, it's you, you go to a different town and you instantly experience uh, the, the difference in the human landscape or just who you might meet on the street. And we're always curious, like, hey, where where are you from? Uh, what does your name mean? Where are your parents from? And we're used to having those kinds of conversations uh, from the time that we, we are little uh, because so many of our families hail from so many different places across the world, uh, from the United States. And so we treasure getting to know that about each of us here. And as we kind of narrow into what James is talking about that we got to uh, get into in Las Vegas, and it came in a co-creative kind of way, right? We were doing a demonstration on assessment role play and uh, the uh, actor, one of our helpers from Las Vegas, uh, she was talking about basketball, I think it was, uh-huh. and shooting hoops. And that's where she would process her encounter of uh, being different where she was by virtue of just uh, what she was born with and who she is and the color of her skin and her lineage and how she would work that out in the basketball court. And James and I went two different ways with that. Mm-hmm. James went, if if your future self could go back and say something to you to help you navigate what's to come, what would it say? Mm-hmm. And that was just beautiful in and of itself. And you could see, you know, our helper just settle in. And then I was like, oh, my mind and heart went to, what did the basketball backboard say to you? Or it's as if you're trying to work something out on that court and just shooting hoop after hoop after hoop. And what came out of that engagement with the basketball net? Mm-hmm. That just seems like such a rich engagement uh, 
in that intrapsychic and it becomes very real and interpersonal and relational because there's a sense of safety and reverence for uh, things that we might value differently in other cultures, like working things out on a basketball court, you know, not just touches on, uh, you know, cultures of different parts of the world, mm -hmm. but also like athletic culture, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. things that we don't check off on a demographic form that so much influences uh, who we are today. Yeah. Um, and so that's where I went. And that was kind of neat because we got to highlight that for our participants there and they got to see the richness of all the different experiences that the clients they work with might have. That's right. And I like what you did, Cindy, in that too, that you, another beautiful thing you did in that moment was you used yourself to help inform that moment. You know, um, you talked about, you know, how the water means so much to you being in Hawaii and how you might go out and you might talk to the ocean about what you're going on, what's going on and what you're feeling. And, and you could feel like these answers kind of come back out of the ocean towards you. And so you took that part of you with that cultural grounding and that experience. And that's what even allowed you to have that openness to say, Hey, in my cultural, I can kind of like give room to a basketball board, a bas a basketball backboard speaking in a way. Right. So I just appreciate how you used you as a human being in that moment to kind of expand the moment for another option. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, I've even had it come up in EFIT sessions uh, where people are struggling as they're in a new race, right? And they, they know they, they just, the paddler knows he doesn't have his best stuff and something's holding him back and getting him stuck. And as he switches out with the crew that's coming in for the next leg, uh, he goes into the ocean and he just, you know, he's praying to the ocean. And I said, hey, can you make that alive right now? As you're, you know, you went in your heart to pray to Keakua, your God, what would you say to him right here, right now, that touches on your emotion of grief and sadness? Uh, and, and he did it. And we did the tango move forward, we processed, what was that like? to get to speak your heart in this place of sadness and grief to Keakua. And what was it like to hear Keakua back? How much could you take in? What was that like to take in? And even as I'm just recounting it now, I feel it, you know, in my cells and my nervous system kind of permeate throughout. I love it. That's beautiful. You know, and what, what comes to mind for me is, is rhythm. You know, mm. Sue, Sue teaches, has always taught EFT from that standpoint with the, the, you know, I guess it's a metaphor of music and, and moving your body to the rhythm and that the rhythm is emotion. And then all those metaphors work, right? I, I grew up as an athlete, which is very much a culture and yes. cer certain rules and so forth, some of which I like and some of which I'm still trying to get out of. But um, either way, it's a culture. But there's a rhythm when you shoot baskets. There's a, there's a sound the basketball make that makes it as rhythm. There's a sound that comes when, you, when the ball goes through the net. There's just certain rhythms to that. And when I think about the, the paddler in Hawaii, there's a rhythm 
to moving with that team and, and moving the body. And then certainly in Hawaii, there's a beautiful rhythm to the waves, you know, and, and, and so connecting with that rhythm is, is how you start to know yourself, right? It, it's in that that reveals this, or part of what reveals this deeper sense of who we are that I think you all are going for. Am I in the ballpark there, Cindy? Oh, completely. And even in, just when you said rhythm and, and uh, you know, taking that in from shoe, like I'm going, yes. And my head's like matching the rhythm of your voice and your cadence. Uh, and that's another aspect of cultural assessment as we get to be with, especially people of different, who speak different languages, you know, the rhythm and cadence of how they say things, how they respond how they even say their name. Uh, when we get to plug into that rhythm and reflect it to them and mirror it to them uh, and appreciate the beauty of it, wow, do they light up. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you even go, hmm, you're mm -hmm. nodding, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As it opens up. doors, it opens doors when someone's genuinely curious. And, and someone, someone honors your world and, and you know, the, the meaning that you've applied that really might make no sense to them. Um, and yet they, they come closer anyway. I think there's such, uh, such richness in that. Hmm. It touches on a source of uh, security that all the ways in which culture has shaped who they are. And it also opens up windows for us as clinicians to spot where might be the stuck places. Um, I just happened to uh, see a, a live demo and one of the stuck places for the couple, they were a cross-cultural couple. Uh, one partner was American, the other partner was of part Asian, part American descent. So Hapa, we call it half and half uh, and he, that partner that was uh, of bicultural lineage, uh, he felt really comfortable speaking the Asian language. And part of that Asian language in its own rhythm and cadence and, mm. and pacing is they used a lot of verbal encouragers. Mm, mm aha, asoka. Uh, and he was doing the same thing in English. And that was forming a trigger for his sweetheart uh, and kind of recognizing, oh, I wonder if when you say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, I got it. I wonder if you're just reproducing the natural rhythm and cadence that you automatically feel flowing through your body when you speak your most comfortable language. And he was like, Oh. And, and that helped her to understand that even though she was telling him it's a trigger, that he wasn't persisting intentionally or with any mean-spiritedness, that that was part and parcel of what was in his, his bones, if you will, that rhythm, that cadence, that naturalness to put those verbal encouragers in there, regardless of what language he was speaking. Um, that, that was that was super rich when we can get into that kind of intimacy with our clients. That's beautiful, and it and it takes us 
you know, sort of in deeper into the practical. So this one person's, you know, as they were connecting with their native language and, and trying to actually an attempt to connect with their partner, right? That the, the cycle, as we say, can still grab almost anything, right? And, and to create insecurity. But, but you had to, you or someone had to have this curiosity, you know, about the origins of those small phrases, which was, which was this person trying to do a double connection, right? To stay connected with their, the, the na- their native self. I don't know if that's a perfect word, but that's what comes to mind for me through their native language, but also trying to reach for a partner, right? But then that, those same negative cycles, that partner was receiving a very different message. So that's this integration of, mm-hmm. of um, cultural, I guess, differences and how it can be happening right in front of you and we may not know. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like two partners getting into their respective natural rhythms, trying to connect in their respective natural rhythms and colliding Mm -hmm. and that throwing them for a loop in the way they can't sort out for themselves. And when we get to be witness to that, um, it's something truly special to be amidst. Yeah. And, And Cindy, thank you for that example, because it highlights why I like the way you did your cultural assessment, you know, where you started off like kind of intrapersonal, where you just kind of like, what are some things, that, uh, uh, parts of you, or cultural identity factors or values that are important to who you are as a person? She, so she did that one interpersonal level, and then you dropped it down into kind of like the societal level, and how has that affected your existence in the world or maybe how the world's responded to you? And then the third part, because we could stay so high up there, and, and I want to be careful because there's so much more richness that we could go there, and a lot of different stories and cultural narratives. <clears throat> but then Cindy dropped it back down because she's trying to help a couple in her office with an attachment process. And how does this play out for you two? Is it something that helps you to connect? Or is it something where you two end up disconnecting and you can't really share it? Is it something you even talk about at all? I love that flow of how you did that. Um, I don't oh, know. Just, yeah. You're being too generous to me because... Uh, I just started doing modeling the assessment and James was like, whoa, look at what Cindy did here. She asked the general question, what are your cultural backgrounds? Mm -hmm. And then when what was given, she, what was most meaningful about that cultural background went from general to the inquiry of personal to that partner, Mm -hmm. then how does that show up in your relationship? Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, yeah. And then she made it relational. And then James and I huddled afterwards during the break and we quick, we're like, okay, general personal relational. Let's remember that. GPR. <laughs> <laughs> like we're both writing it down. Okay. But it's important because that first one, you got to throw out a wide net to make space to be surprised. I mean, that's, we, we, we use the word curious a lot, but it, it's a big word because I don't know. You know, in Northwest Arkansas, we we're, we're definitely don't have the racial diversity you do in Hawaii. But w- one thing that's, you know, we're 20 miles from native reservations and, and all the loaded history that comes with that. But the majority of people who, who go there for their health care and have a card, you know, and you would not know mm-hmm. by looking at them. Mm-hmm. They, they appear white. Yeah. 
And uh, so, you know, it, it's so crucial that we ha- that we have some phrases that were general enough yeah. to sort of catch, may not be a perfect metaphor, but catch the people, catch their experience. Yeah. That's broad. And, but I like what you went, because you're right, knowing Ryan now, if I asked him that question, he might not mention ethnicity, but he's going to probably mention being an athlete, being, you know, right. the son of a military family member, right. uh, faith. Yep. You know, so there's so many. Now, that's what I liked about your question, Cindy. You gave your client open license. You tell me. I don't want to define that for you is what I like in it. Because so many people can be like, I mean, because here's a misattunement you could do with a client. Hey, I see I'm a, I'm a white person. You're a black person. Tell me. I mean, that's, you know, all of a sudden you're almost like saying, I'm going to tell you what is the most important thing about you. It's a factor. We can't remove it. But I want to give my client a chance I love your question. What's important about your identities and background that you want to share with me? One, it's just because also when that question comes, you're early in the treatment, right? And so you're still trying to build alliance and give some safety. So you're giving them room to tell what they're safe to tell for a moment, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I like that as you try that on with me. Sorry, Cindy. I like that oh, as, you, as you tried that on with me. That felt really good. Because if you don't know you know, those three or four or five things about me, you don't really know me at all, right? I mean, that's, those are such a big part of my history, my story, and even how I manage distress, right? And so what you're about to take me into, right? So just how important this is to, to, to have a sense of that, mm-hmm. you know? So I may, maybe the listeners of this episode could take a minute and even kind of socially locate yourself. You know, what'd you use for me there? You said... Ath- well, the, the faith, if I put like you because, because I'm white, you might not comment on that, which is a whole nother topic, but whatever. Well, I'm letting you tell it because I <laughs> right. can sit here and assume, like, so what's it like being a tall white man right. in Arkansas? Which that does matter. Now, I would say, even probably even above ethnicity, Ryan would say tall has had a huge impact on it. It does, size does. People already have a, an experience of me before they have any idea of who I am, and I don't, I don't honestly fit in with most white males that are my age. That's a factor. But I love where you went with that, being an athlete and a coach and a scout and all the things I was, my parent as a military. What else did you say? My faith. Mm-hmm. Once you capture that, it does change my body's experience of the moment. Yeah. So nice nice illustration there. Yeah. Cindy, you were going to say something. I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, I, like I'm just... I'm just struck by the, I said, ooh, as you tied it to your body yeah. and mm. the difference that you felt on the inside. Because yeah. when we give, you know, our clients wide berth to talk about what moves, motivates, shapes them, we get to see what happens inside and how that shines out or the differences uh, and get to know them on that level too. And, and that's Pretty energizing and connecting. Uh, it also helps me to build the empathy for them that I'm going to need to carry me through to work with them throughout the course of our EFT journey. Um, and I feel it inside and I can go back to those places. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, wow, Ryan, you just say, yeah, that lands in my body differently. I'm like, ooh, mm. I feel it too. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that, Frey. I like that. Give our clients wide berth to what moves and motivates them. That's a nugget alert right there, everybody. Yeah. Somebody, a viewer actually asked me to bring back the nugget alert button, right? Oh, yeah. 
when we, when someone says when you know so when someone says something good, I would hit a button and he would go nugget alert, nugget alert, nugget <laughs> alert. That was one. That's what I think. You know, we've talked about broaching the topic on here before mm. and all these things and different cultural assessment and marginalization and. But I like that phrase. What we're trying to do is give our client a wide berth to um, what? Did, how did you say it? a wide berth to what moves and motivates them? That's mm-hmm. great. I like that frame, Cindy. Thank you. I like your nugget alert too, because <laughs> sometimes the nuggets that come out early on when we start our assessment and cultural assessment process, sometimes the nuggets are lustrous, right? They're shiny. And sometimes we only see the signs of the nuggets that are still in the rough. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're going to be curious about. We're going to look out for it to come up later on because we already see the signs. Hey, I think there's something meaningful or important uh, underneath there. Mm-hmm. So I love your nugget alert. Cindy just makes you feel so good. <laughs> 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 If you haven't, if y'all haven't picked up on something, I'm going to encourage you. Find out where Cindy Zane is training, mm-hmm. and go get there as soon as you possibly can. There you go. I have a shameless plug to as I say that though, because I get to train with Cindy out in Vegas, yeah. right? You know, but seriously, Cindy, like that, yeah. Thank you. And you know, I know we talked about even before we came on. And well, gosh, we're really up out against time, man. <laughs> is it all right if I keep going? Can I ask you another question, Cindy? You good, Ryan? Yeah. Cindy, can you kind of help me? Me and Ryan have kind of talked about this, you know, and it's here's the question. It's a big question, so throw it out. And I can I can edit this off the podcast. Anyway, I'm at, yeah, okay. Like Cindy, like, so even as you sit here as a human being and as a person, like, wow, like this just your willingness just to give yourself over to the process, Cindy, and to follow the flow with your client. How do you do that? What's happening inside Cindy's name? What moves her and motivates her to just I'm just going to give myself over to knowing this human being and being with them in the process. Feel alive. Mm. Whether I'm connecting with their, you know, their empowering energy or their abject agony, Mm. like to connect and sit in that space with them and to be able to reflect that helps them see and understand themselves and maybe not feel so chaotic or, um, you know, it codes as fear when they, it's, it's something is uncertain to just be in that space and help them to kind of, oh, like that's a truly sacred moment and to feel alive mm. like that, be human with people who are daring and courageous enough to be human with me in front of me. Um, I can't think of a more precious gift, you know, both to be the clinician uh, that is guiding and journeying and process directing. Um, We're also kind of on the receiving end as part of our experience as clinicians. Mm. And we wash it through our nervous systems and make sense of it when they can't or when it is stuck for them. Thank you. So that takes my words away, I think, right here, how special that is, mm. is to be able to do. How did you learn that, you Cindy? <laughs> what what was that? it was it in your personal story and your training both? What was it? How did you how did you capture that? Because I love what you said. You said 
It's to be fully alive. And then you split that into either way, whether it's whether it's something that's meaningful or, or beautiful or whether it's into agony. That, that is still a form of life, right? And your, right. Bo- your body is drawn towards that, which is such a, a, an amazing compliment towards you. Mm-hmm. How'd you learn that? Uh, you, you know, I was I was a big athlete, right? So a big withdrawer, led a lot with, you know, mind over matter and cognition uh, and performance. Uh, and I said, my late 20s, I got cancer mm. and I uh, had to go through a few surgeries, uh, chemotherapy and radiation. And boy, did that put me in touch with my body in a different way mm. that I could not mind over matter it. Uh, and I intimately in touch with what goes on on a cellular level in my body. Uh, you know, what medications, what they feel like on the inside or an injection uh, and just what it took to fight to live. And that shifted everything for me in knowing how deep uh, and meaningful it is just to live. I mean, I go to Viktor Frankl's words, you know, there's meaning in just suffering. Mm. Uh, And changed careers because of it. Uh, Went back to grad school, studied psychology, and so grateful I discovered uh, EFT and Sue Johnson's model. And that spoke to me that, hey, people can have these kinds of meaningful shifts without having to actually face real existential life threats. Like you shouldn't have to go through that in order to get in touch with your body, uh, become more relational. That's just my journey, right? Um, But to be able to help people get there without having to be in dire circumstances um, really resonated with me, helped me to grow. Uh, I told James in Vegas, I think I'm okay. And he went, yes, Cindy. Um, but to help others navigate that journey too, um, that resonated with me, not just on a personal level, but um, made it my career. I love it. And we're so glad you did. I love that though. You shouldn't have to almost die to be alive, you know, to figure out how to be alive. But you know, We'll take it. We, we all have a different journey to get there. But it speaks to attachment, right? Attachment's about hello and goodbye. And, you know, Bulby developed his theory at, at, at watching orphans and, and, and how they went about things. And, and so there's something that's so deep that sometimes we have to have an experience like this to really sort of learn how to follow that signal. So you do such a beautiful job with that, Cindy. Right. Um, you know, Launching off of Bowlby as we stand on the shoulders of giants, uh, you know, post-traumatic growth, and George talks about it, has talked about it. You know, one of the five domains that Tedeschi and Calhoun discovered in their research that uh, people grow into after facing uh, earthquake-shattering life experiences is relationship mm-hmm. and wanting more out of their relationship. Uh, and, you know, discovering Sue's model was, was a game changer for me to speak your language, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. That's <laughs> awesome. You know, and one more little connection. I think she wouldn't mind me sharing this. We're, Cindy, we're, we're two miles right now, as we sit from, from where your son was born. Oh, 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Northwest Arkansas Women's Center. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. What a small world it is. It sure is. It sure is. Uh, we still want to make that trek. To, he still wants to see his baby hospital. So uh, let me know what trainings you've got going on in 24, 25, because uh, we want to make that uh, sojourn with him. We'll do it. We'd obviously love to have you. The surfing's not as good here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it, it, it's beautiful when it's on right. Yeah. But the people are just as rich and beautiful. There you go. There you go. Man, Cindy, thank you for sharing um, you with us in your heart, um, your lessons, the, the the nuggets, the sacred nuggets. Let's thank you so much. Really appreciate you. Um, once again, Cindy trains in so many places. Of course, there's Hawaii. We, we try to put on a, a conference or some kind of like therapist retreat out in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. If you said like, man, I'd love to go hang out with Cindy Zane and, and the, the leading edge people out in Hawaii, inundate uh, inundate us on social media and let us know the demand is there. Hey, I know this uh, food truck on, <laughs> on the North Shore of Hawaii that has the best fish sandwiches on the planet. Oh, yeah. And, uh, we could do a show from there. <laughs> there you go. Oh, Sitting yeah, on the... the the picnic table benches. <laughs> That's it. She got it. Yeah. She's been there. That's beautiful. Cindy definitely trains in several areas. Uh, she's probably working her way out, but she's helped the Iran community, mm -hmm. Japan, and she's also working in Spokane. So, yeah, definitely. Of course, she's with me out in Vegas. We're getting ready to do core skills three and four. We'll be doing externships and core skills there next year. So, there's many opportunities to connect with Cindy Zane. Thank you so much, Cindy. Thank you so much, James and Thank Ryan. You. Pleasure you to be with you both. All right. Then thank you all. We appreciate this. And we hope that, you know, so many great themes here, whether it's just the rhythm of who you are as a person, learning to sync up with the rhythm of others, with the stories of their lives, so we can give them this wide berth of them to be able to know, like, what moves them and motivates them. So this way you can help push your leading edge and the leading edge of your clients. Thank you for listening. We hope this experience helps you push the leading edge in your work to help people connect with themselves and with each other. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. You can contact us at pushtheleadingedge at gmail.com and you can follow us on our Facebook page at Push the Leading Edge. You can follow Ryan on Facebook at Ryan Reyna Professional Training and on his website, ryanreynatraining.com. You can follow James on Facebook and Instagram at DocHawkLPC. You can also check out his website, DocHawkLPC.com.